0: Hi, Rabbi. Hi, how are you? Very good, thank God. Hello, everybody. This week is uh, <clears throat> Parashas Shlach and we are going to do our final installment on the Halachas of Toys on Shabbos. This is going to be part three. So this week we're going to talk about toys that make noise. Some toys are dedicated to making noise, such as rattles, uh, wind-up noisemakers, and play drums, and so on. <clears throat> These toys are mukta And may not be used on Shabbos once a child is old enough for chunach, like three or four. So, (coughs) excuse me, a little baby can play with his rattle, obviously, um, but you can't rattle it for him or her. And uh, little children, little kids can play with noise making toys, but once they get old enough for chunach, they shouldn't be playing with those noise making toys, which are toys dedicated for the sake of making noise. There are other toys, though, that aren't primarily noise makers, they just happen to make noise sometimes when they're played with like uh, you have a doll that you can squeak it you know you can squeeze it and it squeaks or it says something or whatever Um, and in that case the toy may be used even if it makes noise in the process of using it like for example let's say you have a car right and uh, not electric mechanical and when you roll it back and when it goes It makes a whirring noise. So the noise is peripheral to the main fun of playing with it is that it goes back and forth. So as long as it's not primarily a noise-making toy, essentially it's just a regular toy and it's mechanical, that can be used on Shabbos. Now, toys with batteries are mukta, and it's not sufficient just to turn them off. Let's say you want to play with a child, wants to play with a toy car, an electric car, so you can turn it on and it can go, but he wants to play with it on Shabbos and he wants to turn it off. That's not enough. It's still going to be mukta, and what you would need to do is actually remove the batteries. Um, Likewise, like a doll that talks, right? So you'd have to remove the batteries in order to be able to play with that doll on Shabbos. Now, this only helps if it's the kind of toy that is meant to be played with besides the fact that it's electric. But some toys are essentially, all they really are made for is to be used with electricity. Like, like for example, um, <clears throat> we have in our house a set of laser tag um, guns, so, you wear them, you run around, you shoot at each other. And those are only made to be to used with electricity. They're not made to be used any other way. That's the, their, their primary purpose. So, it wouldn't help to turn them off, even to take out the batteries, because they're a cliche or that's what they're designed to be used for. So, you can't, they're mukta, and they shouldn't be used on Shabbos. But again, if it's a kind of toy which has a very significant use, Outside of a electrical use, like I was saying, a doll that happens to talk, but it 's a doll that can be played with without the talking, so then if you remove the batteries you can use, you can play with that on chavez other t- another kind of MOOCs item that comes up a lot is when we take things that are uh, old electric items electronic items and so, and, and designate it as a toy, like uh, old broken cell phone uh, tools, stuff like that <clears throat> and you um now I want to make it into a toy. So as if you designated for that purpose forever, like you take this cell phone and that's it. Now it's a toy. So then that works. As long as you made that designation before Shabbos, you took the old tool or the old cell phone or the old wallet, and now it's a toy forever. Fine. Then it's not and it can be played with. However, if, let's say, you're still in the back of your mind, I don't know why you would think this, but you think you can give it as a toy to your child and you still might be able to sell it on eBay one day, so it's not a permanent designation, then it, uh, it remains mukta. So this, I guess, more, more applicable would be like to a, a tool. If you take a tool and you let your ta- child play with it for Shabbos, that designation for just Shabbos wouldn't make it not muktza. It needs a designation, La Olam. it needs a permanent designation to remove its muktza status. And when you make a permanent designation, that works even for really mukta stuff, like a stick. Like if a child wants to use a stick on Shabbos for some kind of toy, if, he de- if it's designated forever to be a toy, then that works. So likewise, the reason why you're allowed to technically play with sand in the sandbox on Shabbos is because you designated that sand forever to be a toy. And that works to, to take off its mukta status. It's not a very shabbos thing to do, to play in a sandbox. Um, you know, because of the digging and all that kind of things are, are, are really not so Shabbos dig, but nevertheless, it's not mukta. When it comes to cleaning up toys, there can be numerous issues of Bayer, of selecting that come up. Uh, if there's a real mess in your living room and it's a jumble, a royal jumble of Lego, clicks, small game pieces, and so on and so forth, so it, it, you're not allowed to separate them and put each one where they, they go because that's Bayer. And even if the way you want to do it is just by taking random pieces, right? And then uh, <clears throat> then when you want, once, you know, you take a random piece and you find it in your hand, you say, okay, fine, you know, this goes here and you pick up, oh, okay, this goes here. So you can't do that either because the end product is you're, you're organizing the whole living room. So even though you do it randomly, it doesn't end up being random. You end, end up having successfully organized the whole living room and that's also better. So in that kind of mixture, you kind of have to leave it until after Shabbos. You can sweep it into a corner. But if it's larger things, let's say it's um, playing cards and cars. So those are very clearly recognizable from each other. So you can separate the cars and the playing cards and put the cars in one, you know, where they go and the cards where they go, um, because those are very, very clearly distinguishable and it doesn't really constitute a mixture. So that wouldn't be buyer because they're not really mixed together. Um, now, within playing cards themselves, a lot of times what happens is, is that when kids want to play a game, the particular game requires that you take these playing cards and you organize them. Uh, certain games, let's say, have like the red playing cards and the green playing cards or like a monopoly, the money has to be organized in order to play. So you are allowed to do that in and, and when you're about to play, because that's being buyer errors, organizing the good from the from the bad in order to use the good. That's one of the ways you're actually allowed to do buyer. When you take good, the ones you want to use, in order to be able to use them right away, that's a, it's one of the things that's permissible in buyer. So you would be allowed to organize the cards to be able to play the game. What you wouldn't be able to do is to do that after you finish the game. If you want to put it away and you want to put it away organized, you're not allowed to organize them then to put them away, because that would be buyer for La it would be buyer for a later time. So that would be something that you would not be allowed to do. And that would be a problem of buyer. <clears throat> so uh, just to summarize, what we talked about is we talked about noise-making toys and uh, electric toys. And we spoke about buyer. So noise-making toys, we said that if it's a toy that's designated, its main purpose is making noise, then it's Muksa. If its noise is this peripheral part of its use, then you could use it on Shabbos without making noise. Likewise, same concept with electricity. If it's an electrical toy and its main purpose is using it with electricity, then it's mukta But if it has another use and electricity doesn't, is peripheral, it's not the main way this toy is used. So then you can remove the batteries and then use it on um, Shabbos. And you can take things and make them not mukta by designating it forever as being a child's toy. So you can take an old cell phone and designate it forever as being a child toy and there, thereby remove its mukta status. And we spoke about cleaning up, that it really depends on what kind of jumble it is. If it's a jumble that the, the items are really hard to tell apart, so to speak, that you know, you have to separate them to tell them apart, that would be better. If they're very, very easily distinguishable and they're very clearly different, then you could separate them. That's not called a mixture. And as far as organizing things in order to play, you could do that, but you can not then organize it to put it away. <clears throat> so let's move on to uh, Parash Parashat Shalach, we know, is about the Miraglam, the whole story of the Miraglam. But I want to talk about a different part of Parashat Shalach, which is no less familiar. It's all the way at the end of Parashat Shalach, and that's the Parashat of Tzitzis. We say it at least twice a day. Reim HaShem L'moish HaLemar, Dabra bnei Yisrael, Speak to Klai Yisrael v'amartalim and tell them, Asulam Tzitzis, Make Tzitzis al-Kanfei V'gdeim, on the corner of their clothing, L'dor <speaking in Hebrew> for the generations. So Tzitzis says, wear tzitzes. And the Torah says very clearly why you should wear tzitzis. The Torah doesn't always tell you the reason for a mitzvah. But here the Torah spells out, black on white, why you should do this mitzvah. And it has a number of fascinating components to it. It's very unusual. It's unique. It's different than other mitzvahs. Why do you have to wear tzitzes? So the Torah says, or Isam, You'll see them. You look at your tzitzes. And you'll remember all the mitzvahs of Hashem. And you'll do them. This is a very powerful segula, it seems. It seems to be a segula inherent in the mitzvah of tzitzis. You look at them, and you remember all tayag mitzvahs, and then you do them. Right? If it would only be that easy. So Rashi says, how is it that titzis reminds us of, of tayag mitzvahs? So he says, because the word titzis tzadiyud is 100, tzadiyud is 200, and then tough is 400, so 600. So you had the tzitzis, the word tzitzis has a numerical value, a gematria of 600. And then each corner has eight strings and five knots, which is another 13, 613. Awesome. You look at your tzitzis and you got 613 right there, right? So it's definitely true. But having the number 613 in front of us uh, doesn't seem to be such a successful way to inspire us and to remind us to do all the mitzvahs, right? We 613 is this magic kind of number. I think you can go to any shul across the USA and try 613 as the combination. I would think probably 9 out of 10 times you'll get into the shul with some, kind of com- with some, some variant of 613. But it doesn't seem to have that powerful effect, right? You do the 613 on the combination in shul and people still talk in shul, right? So how is it that just having that number on our tzitzis Will re you'll see it, Zukartum's comments, remember all of us And not only that, the Pasik continues. And the Pasik says, you won't turn after your heart, and you won't follow your eyes, asha atam that you tend to stray after. These are, you won't go follow things that, that that have a tendency to pull you away from a Qadrish Barak. So it turns out that Sitzis is not only this powerful force to inspire us to do good, to help us do all the mitzvahs, remember them. It's not only an Akayah of Aseh it's also a powerful protection from evil. It's a powerful protection against evil desires, against taivists, against false opinions, and deis minas, Chazal say. Those are all the, the heretical thoughts. So tzitzis has a power of sur-merah, so it can be a it can inspire us to do good, it can protect us from all evil. How does it do that? And imagine, it's just like for a couple of dollars, you buy yourself a pair of tzitzis, you put it on and you're guaranteed, you look at them, you'll remember all the mitzvahs, you'll keep all the mitzvahs, you'll stay away from evil, all your base desires, you won't be influenced by heresy, aminas, what a bargain. So it doesn't seem to work that well for us. And another interesting thing is, is that the Torah is structured, this mitzvah, different than other mitzvahs. It's not an obligation, it's not a direct obligation. You're only obligated, Obligated. I'm sorry, in the mitzvah tzitzvahs if you are wearing a four-cornered baggage, a four-cornered piece of clothing. Now, we all know, I don't know what was more common in those days, but today... If we would just wear our normal clothing, none of them would be obligated in tzitzis. None of our clothing have four corners on them in a way that's obligated in tzitzis. What we have to do is we go out and specifically buy ourselves a pair of tzitzis, which is a beggar that was structured halachically so it should be obligated in tzitzis. And we do that in order to obligate ourselves and be mekayim the mitzvah. Now, Chazal say everyone should do this because although it's not obligatory, you don't have to do that. You don't have to get such a piece of clothing in order to obligate yourself in tzitzis. Because I'll say, no, you should know that when it's a time of anger, when Hashem Chas V'Shalom is angry at the world, then one can be punished for not obligating themselves in mitzvahs. And one would, I think, can venture to say that a time of pandemic is a kind of an Eden rischa. So it's a good thing to make sure you're wearing tzitzis and make sure your tzitzis are kosher. But still, this begs the question is that why would such a central and important mitzvah the mitzvah that connects us to all 613 mitzvahs, it reminds us to do them. It inspires us. It protects us from all the evil things in the world from falling into sin. Why would it not be fully obligational? Why would it not be the same like Shabbos, Sukkot, Matzah, Lulav? Why wouldn't the Torah command us to buy a baget of Arabakanfos, a baget which is chayav and tzitzit, clothing which is chayav and sittas, in order to, to do the mitzvah? So Moshe Feinstein in, in Doresh Moshe asks this question. And he strengthens the question even more. He says that Rashi brings a chazal that says that the middle, mitzvah of is placed at the end of the parsha, immediately adjacent to the mitzvah of Shabbos and the mitzvah of Ediz to teach you that sitzis is equivalent. Shokul kakala terakula. Keeping sitzis is like keeping the whole terakula. He says, so it's a, such a tremendous mitzvah. Why isn't it an obligation? So he says a beautiful thought. And it's really such a, a wonderful way to approach avedis Hashem. And it can change. It can really change the way we approach our Hashem. He says, you look at your tzitzes, right? You don't become an instant Baal Tshuva. Why not? He says, because you only do Tshuva if you realize that you have to do Tshuva. And if you realize you have to do Tshuva, then looking at tzitzes might inspire you to do so. If a person realizes he doesn't understand something, he realizes he needs a rabbi. He realizes he needs to be taught something he doesn't understand then he looks for it, and he looks for a teacher, and he looks for, for, for the information. And, and then once you're looking, and you're looking to learn, and you're looking to be taught, you'll, you'll find information. you learn from all the things around you. But if a person is not looking to learn, and he thinks he understands everything as is, he won't find lessons anywhere. He'll learn Torah as his heart desires him to, and inevitably probably make mistakes, and change halachas to suit his own needs. When a person is cognizant of the fact that he needs a rabbit, needs to learn, he'll find lessons in everything. He'll look at the tzitzis, and they'll teach him something. So I'm going to explain it in this way, which makes it very, very relatable what Ramesh is saying. Compare our tzitzis to a to-do list. When you make a to-do list, right? So in the beginning of the day, you have yourself a list, either pen and paper, or you have it on your phone or on your computer. You have a to-do list, and it has a whole bunch of things. And when you see all those things on your to-do list, it creates a sense of urgency, right? Uh, a sense of obligation, of responsibility to accomplish all those things on the list and to cross them off. And then when you do that, and at the end of the day, you look at them and it's cross, 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 they're all crossed off. That's a tremendous feeling of accomplishment and motivation. And it makes you want to do that the next day as well. Since this is a to-do list of sort. It has 613 things on that particular to-do list. But a to-do list only works is if you create a to-do list. If someone else would hand you their own to-do list, you look at it and it would be meaningless to you. It wouldn't inspire any kind of obligation and and it wouldn't create any sense of urgency because it's not your to-do list. So tzitzis only reminds us and inspires us to keep all the mitzvahs if we have that outlook to begin with. If we have the goal in mind, how will we be able to do all the mitzvahs? How will we be able to do the mitzvah of Chesed today? Tzedakah, Torah, davening, keeping kosher, keeping Shabbos, and so on and so forth. If we have that desire and that goal, those things are on our list. So then the tzitzis, look, we look at it and we say, oh, you know, we have that, it reminds us to check. We have all these mitzvahs, we got to get them done. Looking at the tzitzis creates that urgency, creates that responsibility, creates a sense of obligation. Have I done these mitzvahs? Have I found a way to do them? Have I found a method? But all these, this only works when you have that previous sense of need, the thought process of growth and learning. When we desire to find a way to serve Hashem, so we go out and buy ourselves a pair of tzitzis and to create a master list of what we need to do. You know, people have this kind of list of um, long-term goals, 100 places I want to visit before I die, 100, places, 100 things I want to do after I retire, before I retire, whatever. That's what tzitzis are. There's, 613 things over there that you're meant to do before you die. Either do them if it's possible, or learn about them if it's not possible, and want to do them, which is equivalent to as if you did them. Now, obviously, we won't feel obligated or have a to-do list of mitzvahs at all if we don't even know which mitzvahs we need to do. The tzitzvahs can serve as an as a inspiration to start learning, you know, what mitzvahs are our obligation, what our mitzvahs are, and, and inspire us to learn about them. The Chavez Chaim, in the introduction to Shemir HaSelash, explains that we need every single mitzvah. Every single mitzvah is important for us. He says there are 240 mitzvahs, and 365 mitzvahs, and they correspond to different parts of the body. And in Shemayim, our bodies, or our, our soul, need that ruchni as dig sustenance. That's what feeds them. And it comes from the mitzvahs. And if we're missing the mitzvahs associated with our feet, then we're not going to be able to walk well. and going to be lame. If we're missing mitzvahs associated with our ears. We will be deaf. So we need every single mitzvah. How do we do them? We either do them or we learn about them. I wish we could do them, but we need, we need all of them, and we, if so, we have to learn them. And the Chavetz Chaim writes in the Hagdama of Sefer and Mitzvahs which he compiled, a small, a short version of, of 613 mitzvahs, that you can't look at tzitzvahs and remember all the mitzvahs if you don't know them in the first place. So you have to know all the mitzvahs, he says. It's like a merchant who goes into or, uh, order his merchandise and he has this long list with all the item numbers, right? 4068, 3905, but he doesn't know what it represents, so it doesn't mean anything to him. So there's Mitzvah 612, mitzah 198, what, what do those mitzahs mean? But he says you have to learn those mitzahs and tie it onto your tzitzis. And then your tzitzis can remind you of it. That's the key of Mitzvah's mitzvah tzitzis and that's how you can look at it and it can inspire you to keep all the Mitzvahs. So, and it's a beautiful thing when you think about it, just this concept, with or without tzatzis, but to have a mitzvah to-do list. Our can serve as the reminder and the encouragement, but we need to make a list like that. I think if we would set out our week with a small, even just for a day, a small to-do list of mitzvahs, what mitzvahs we would like to accomplish this week, and then cross them off our list as we do them. It will give us tremendous inspiration and motivation. So, you know, we can make that list and add all the easy ones. Meaning, to say, mitzvahs that we know or we hope we're going to do, like davening or making brachas or tending to our children and feeding our family and etc. All the mitzvahs that we know we're going to do, put those on the list so you can definitely cross those out. But then add some other ones as well, mitzvahs you'd love to get to. Making a phone call to someone in need, different kinds of chassadim, getting out there and helping someone. And then start researching other mitzvahs. There are many mitzvahs that might be available for us to do that maybe we don't get the opportunity to do it that often. Learn about the mitzvahs and, and keep on adding them. And the more mitzvahs we learn about, the more we can either find a way to learn about them or we can find a way to do them. And think of what a chizik it would give us. if so we look and we see this completed to-do list. Doesn't it give us such satisfaction when we can make a, a to-do list and we look and we see it's all crossed out? That's, that's a tremendous inspiration. And that's what the Torah is teaching us with mitzvahs Titsis. It can't be obligatory upon itself. There's not say, go buy tzitzes, you have to buy it. That's not going to work. You have to buy titsis because you have to make yourself a goal and then titsis will be there to encourage you. Titsis will be there as the reminder, and inspiration to do it. And doing so is a true demonstration of shemaim and accepting the yoke of heaven upon ourselves. And Chazal say, that that's why it's part of Kriyashmah. What is titsis doing in Kriyashmah? I mean, you have Shema, it talks about accepting Hashem's yoke, al-Mitzvah, that's something, yeah, we have to say every day, loving Hashem, fearing Hashem, knowing that Hashem repays mitzvahs with a reward and punishes Averis with a punishment. Yeah, but why Titsis? Why does that one Mitzvah have to be mentioned every day? So Chazal say there's five things, five things in Mitzvah's has Mitzvah's it has kabbalah's olmitzis right it has etzhim's strain and the paschim's tzitzis levan tiskos You have to remember these Mitzrayim, and it has hereh avera and heraminus after that's minus don't have heretical thoughts and and let don't go after your, your desires and all these things are one thing and it's a very powerful thing to realize is that if we have a sense of obligation if we realize our sense of Avedus, our need to do all the mitzvahs, our need to cross them off our, our list. So if you start out a day with a list that has 613 things to cross off, you're a busy man. You're a busy woman. You don't have time to do other things. The Torah recognizes that the problem with the Yitzhahara is the sasuru. As soon as you start on the path, that's where the problem is. We take interest and we go, do, go somewhere else. And when you feel obligated, when you feel responsibility, you don't, even, you don't have time for that. Think like Erev Shabbos, an hour before Shabbos, you don't get into the car on a two-hour drive. You know, There's no time for that. When you wake up in the morning and you have you know, 10 things to do today, you have to do, you're not going to start being a and be busy with other things. You have to get these things done. So let if you have the, the feeling of responsibility of I have a to-do list, I have mitzvahs to do, it's going to stop you from going, even starting on that path. It's just simply not, not an option. There's no time for it. There's no ability to do that. That's what the Torah wants us, how to be Mikabul al-mitzvahs. The Torah is giving us a method. That's why it follows Kriya Shema, Shema, Ba'hafta, Shema. And now how to do it, Dr. Torah, make yourself a goal, make yourself a to-do list and look at your tzitzas and it will encourage you to keep it and to stick to it. And that's such a powerful, powerful way. And in mitzvah, tzitzas, is inherently a segula to protect us from that and to inspire us to that. The Chavaz Chaim writes that any time you feel challenged with anger or bad meters, just look at your tzitzis. It has a power. It has an intrinsic power. So, it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing to think about. Start maybe small. Make ourselves a little bit of a to-do list. Look at our tzitzis look at the to-do list, use it and utilize what the Torah suggests, how to be mechabel all mitzvahs in a way that will protect us from Avera and encourage us to do all the mitzvahs. May Hashem help us and protect us from all Avera, encourage us to do all mitzvahs. May we be zeichet to tie on 613 mitzvahs onto our tzitzis and through, through that be zeichet to be mashlem ourselves, be mashlem our nishames, and be zeichet to elam haba. Have a good night and a good Shabbos. Thank can you stay on for one sec? Yeah. So today I found out that.